Well, it's very good to be with you uh, this morning. Fiona and I were uh, driving over from Ripley and thinking, great, it's great to be at Claygate today. We won't be cold in church. Uh, we travel around the diocese and the temperature varies depending on which church we're in. I am actually talking about the physical temperature of the church. Uh, and today I've even taken my jacket off. So it's great to be with you and uh, to look at this passage of scripture from uh, Philippians. On a day in August 1658, Oliver Cromwell, Lord Protector of England, called for his Bible and desired an honorable and godly person there with others present to read unto him that passage in Philippians 4. And I quote, this is actually from his, uh, his, his servant actually called Maidstone, who was his um, chief servant and um, the one that attended to his needs and was there with him right to his death. And he's writing this passage. And so he quotes from Philippians 4. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and by all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And Maidstone goes on to say, After the passage had been read by the honorable and godly person, whoever he may have been, Cromwell remarked, This scripture did once save my life when my eldest son, poor Oliver, died, which went as a dagger to my heart. Indeed, it did. He then repeated the words of Paul and exclaimed, It's true, Paul. You have learned this and attained to this measure of grace. But what shall I do? Ah, poor creature. It is a hard lesson for me to take out. I find it so. Continuing, however, to read, he brooded for a time over the words, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And so, Maidstone goes on to say, Cromwell drew waters out of the well of salvation. August 1658. And Cromwell died that year. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. The verse that ministered to Cromwell in his final hours. We don't know how long Paul had been in prison before Epaphrodites discovered him. What we do know is that Paul was overjoyed to see him. 
And it wasn't that he was just delighted to see who he describes as a fellow worker and a fellow soldier and a brother in Christ. He's overjoyed to hear the news that Epaphroditus brings about the church in Philippi. This was the first ever church plant in Europe. I get quite excited about this. Um, I actually was on sabbatical well over 10 years ago, um, backpacking around Turkey, and I found the site uh, in Turkey. Um, It's Alexandra Troas on the coast there where Paul had his vision of the Macedonian man calling him across to Europe. Come and evangelize Europe, Paul. You'll know the story well. The Holy Spirit prevented Paul from going elsewhere, and he went across to Europe. And it was in Philippi that the first church plant in Europe was founded. Paul is overjoyed to hear the news about the church. They're still going strong, despite suffering persecution. They're still loyal to Jesus Christ. They shine like stars, as Paul speaks about them in this letter. And they still care for Paul. They still care for Paul. In our passage this morning, verse 10, this is what Paul says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord, that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Now, Paul isn't the sort of person to grumble and moan too much, but he's not afraid of plain speaking, and I wonder whether you kind of caught that there. There's a certain kind of tension in that verse, and he goes on to say this, I rejoice greatly Uh, as in the Lord, that at last you have renewed your concern for me. They could have been a bit sort of earlier uh, concerning themselves about Paul's welfare. And he goes on to say, indeed, you have been concerned, but you have had no opportunity to show it. So he's kind of, of, it's under his skin a little bit. Why is this the case? Well, there is a tension here. There's a tension. It's not so much that Paul is really disappointed that they haven't supported him, perhaps as quickly as they could. It's more that he wants to say to them, to communicate to them, that whatever his circumstances, whether he's in prison or in a palace, whether he's in penury, or he has plenty, whether they give him a gift, and even if it's a bit late, it doesn't really matter, give him a gift, or they don't give him a gift. Whatever, he has learned to be content. And that is his word. Whatever the situation, Paul has learned to be content. Verse 11, again, I have learned 
to be content, whatever the circumstances. What is it to be content? It's a strange word in a way, content. I actually uh, went on the web to sort of find out some advice about what it means to be content. And Google has six tips uh, for us. Uh, I think this is a top hit uh, on, the, uh, on the web. So let's have a look at these six tips. First of all, take a moment to be grateful for something. Yeah, well, we can all do that. That's quite easy. Uh, this is American, you can tell. Second one, stop yourself thinking that this sucks. Not quite sure what that meant. Uh, I did kind of look at that in a bit more detail, but still haven't quite worked that one out. Um, find little things that give you simple joy. Yeah, I get that. That's okay. Uh, find things about yourself that you're happy with. That might be easier for some of us than others. Um, and then do the same with others in your life. And then lastly, assume that you, others, and life are perfect. That might be a bit harder, actually. There's a very interesting article on how to be content written by Guy Browning in The Observer. Um, and this is what he says about contentment. Contentment is nature's Prozac. It keeps you going through the bad times and the good without making too much fuss of either. Happiness is a fine marmalade, but contentment is a citrus grove. Children are naturally content because they don't know any different. It's the knowledge of difference that breeds discontent. That's interesting, isn't it? It may sound dull, but being content is profoundly radical position. It means you have no outstanding needs that other people, events, or corporations can satisfy. You can't be manipulated, corrupted, conned, heartbroken, or sold unnecessary insurance policies. The path to contentment is well signposted, but generally points in the opposite direction to where we want to travel. Instead, we rush off getting everything we want and then realize we don't need any of it. A quicker way to contentment is to realize you don't need any of the things you think you want before spending 40 years trying to acquire them. I like that. What is it to be content? In Paul's day, the Stoics defined contentment as a self-sufficient embracing of all things that brings serenity. A self-sufficient embracing of all things that brings serenity, which to me sounds totally unachievable. But it's different with Paul. And Paul reveals in this passage for us today that he has discovered true contentment. He's discovered it. He's discovered what Christ has called a peace that passes all understanding. He has discovered that thing that the world 
cannot give. In his own words, in verse 12 of our passage, what Paul says is this, I have learned the secret of being content. I have learned the secret of being It's the only time that word secret is used in the whole of the New Testament. I have learned this big secret of what it means to really find contentment. What is that secret? It's the verse for us today. It's very simple. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. I wonder um, if you knew that for about uh, 20 pounds or 27 dollars, you can buy your own t-shirt, I've got a picture of one here, with that verse on. You can't get the tattoos on your arms, you have to pay a bit extra for that. Um, But there's a t-shirt, there's plenty of them available on the web, $27 from the States or 20 pounds and 24 pence if you want to pay for it. Yeah, just see me at the end of the service. I have a franchise on these T-shirts. No, I'm joking. You can buy your own shirt, T-shirt, sweatshirt, baseball shirt, whatever, with this on the front. It's really popular. Uh, Honestly, I don't have shares in the company, but it really is popular, and there's all sorts of different variations on the theme. Wearing this verse, I can do all things through Christ, who strengthens me. But before you go out and rush and buy your T-shirt at the end of this sermon today to remember this verse, I want to perhaps flag up a word of warning. It's all very well. But this verse, plucked out of context and brazenly displayed, this I can do everything through him who gives me strength, can give the wrong impression. It can give the impression that like Superman, we Christians can overcome all odds. We can do anything that we choose to do. I can do all things. And this is a long way from what Paul is wanting to say. This verse is not about our own personal successes or triumphs. It's not about overcoming impossible odds to win the victory. It's not even about believing that with God's help we can accomplish anything we set our minds to. So what is it about? What was Paul wanting to say? Well, probably one of the most accurate translations of this verse is from the Revised English Bible. And 
there's a subtle difference. Note this translation. I am able to face anything through him who gives me strength. Notice the difference. Not I am able to do. I am able to face anything through him who gives me strength. It is in Christ and through Christ that I have the strength to embrace all things, all that this world may throw at me. It is in Christ that I am able to endure anything and still know that peace that passes all understanding. I am able to face anything through him who gives me the strength. Paul, the disciples, the saints, faced anything and everything. They suffered and died. This is the heart of this treasure from Paul. This time last year, my mother was uh, diagnosed with uh, ovarian cancer. And she was a lovely, uh, wonderful woman of faith. She was one of the founding members of a a woman's prayer movement called the Lydia Prayer Movement, uh, which is now spread worldwide. Uh, But she always kept under the radar. She was a prayer warrior. She prayed for Parliament, for the world. She went to Parliament, to the National Prayer Breakfasts, and all sorts of things went on. I've discovered this more since she died. Um, She was a wonderful woman of faith, and she prayed for me, and her prayers were an amazing uh, legacy that I treasure greatly. She, as I say, was diagnosed with ovarian cancer, and she was given six months to live. And she died at the end of August of this year. She chose not to have treatment for her cancer. And she said this, My life is in God's hands alone, and I trust him with it. My days are written in his book. I have had a wonderfully happy and fulfilled life for which I am grateful. In making this choice not to have treatment, it doesn't mean I've given up on life. Let us pray that Jesus will be honored and glorified in all of this. This is the most important prayer of all. You know, the truth of what Paul was saying in this treasured verse, as Paul meant it, I'm able to face anything through him who gives me strength. That was born out in my mother's life, especially over these last six months or so. She faced suffering and dying with that strength that 
only God can really give. Embracing all things, enduring all things. Paul invites those who would follow Christ to draw deep from that well of salvation that Cromwell himself drew. Through this verse, this treasured verse, even this morning, the Lord would invite each of us, surely, to discover that secret, that open secret, no longer a secret. Paul blew it out the water, that open secret, that there is always strength in Christ to live out the gospel, good news, in every circumstance. And in that, we can be content. We can be at peace. My prayer is for those of us this morning who are going through those difficult times where we are embracing suffering and death. My prayer is that this morning, this verse would speak to you. I am able to face anything through him who gives me strength. May the Lord bless you particularly today. And may you know the Lord with you.